0: Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to talk about things we never saw coming. And this is going to be a huge cornucopia of different items, different topics. But in the year 2020, depending on when you're listening to this, I can't imagine you're listening to this in 2050, 2060. But at the year 2020 just kind of looking back on when we've arrived at the era of technology, the era that we are in right now. These are things that we never saw coming. Well, uh, firstly, I just want to say I don't believe anybody in the year
1: 2050 is going to be listening to this because uh, I've looked on the internet and 2020 is actually the end of the world. Um, oh I didn't get that update oh I I saw it on a bunch of forums so Uh. the the internet is true Uh, but yeah when we talk about things I never saw coming you're really talking about deficiencies in the past you never thought that would be met if we go back to the basics of your math teachers always telling you you won't always have a calculator on you well guess what I do, Um, and yeah, it's really meeting the deficiencies of the past, and how it's kind of met, and been uh, equivalated in the future, and I think that's uh, really what it is, I mean, things I never saw coming, I mean, I didn't imagine as a child anything, really, I just lived in the moment, you know, I rode my bike, fell off it, scraped my knees up, watched the three channels of tv i actually had available but i didn't envisage a
0: utopia or dystopia um i don't know about you if you look at when i grew up i remember one of my favorite movies growing up was the back to the future trilogy so of course you have back to the future one and It was set in 1985, and Marty McFly goes back to 1955, then has to go back to 1985, and that's the premise of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, you're teased about Back to the Future 2. And now, in the year 2020, you watch Back to the Future 2, which, when they go into the future, is actually set in 2015, you kind of laugh at some of the things in that movie, but you realize there were certain things in that movie that actually came true. One of my favorite scenes in that movie, honest to God, is when Doc Brown and Marty, they've arrived there, and it's pouring down rain, and Doc Brown looks and he says, wait five seconds, and then all of a sudden the rain stops, and we now have an app that can tell us, oh, there's rain going to start at this time, and the rain is going to stop at this time, but you know what? It's never, ever correct. I've never seen
1: a weather app that is better than a pine cone. I mean, for all the technology, all this meteorological uh, data that comes in, I know they say there's likelihood, there's this percentage, there's this percentage, but the problem is with, Uh, Percentages is that um, if you say something has a 27% likelihood of happening You have to remember that's a 73% likelihood of it not happening So when you roll dice, you can roll those dice Maybe 20 times and that 23% never happens And so them saying there's a 23% chance of rain We could go through this same scenario for almost two weeks, and it would never rain.
0: Well, that is true, but if you look at some of those apps, they literally get it down to the minute. They will say, rain will start in your location at 7.06, and I'll think, okay, well, it's seven o'clock right now, so I'm going to walk outside, and I'm holding my phone, I'm looking at the radar, and I say, okay, it's going to start raining in six minutes. And then 7.06 rolls around and it doesn't start raining. And it's kind of disappointing because I'm thinking, you know, do I need to mow my grass? Uh, Should I wait until two days from now and mow the grass? Should I turn my sprinkler system off? Which could be something that if you look at people that might be 30, 40 years older than us would have said, we never saw sprinkler systems coming. But the amount of technology that is out there that is kind of highly inaccurate is some of the things we never saw coming. But let's talk about social media. Because I remember when MySpace came out. And there are a lot of people that might be listening to this, some of the younger folks that don't even know what MySpace was. And I remember creating a MySpace page way back in the day. And you could actually attribute that to good old Tom. I can't remember his last name, but he was always Tom. He was was always your first friend on MySpace. And you had this page that you created to have your space on the internet, hence the term MySpace. And There were several people that that was their first interaction with HTML coding. The people that created the really good MySpace pages could actually put a little animated character. They had music that came on. I remember a Twitter post that was talking about how, why is it that when people come on my Twitter page, I can't have a song playing and I can't have something going on? And somebody else commented on it saying... Here we have finally arrived at the generation that does not remember MySpace, but now you go out to any kind of social event, you go out to a a church function, you go to a bar, you go to a restaurant, you meet somebody, and now it's what's your Facebook page, what's your Instagram handle, what's your Twitter handle. And people follow you and now we've filled ourselves up with all of these people that are on social media that we actually don't know and we concern ourselves with their lives. Well, I think um,
1: going back to MySpace, that was my first experience of uh, social media. But I think the great thing about MySpace is it really did tell you who could afford a good internet connection and who couldn't. That makes sense. Because you'd go on some profiles and it would take 10 minutes to load the page because all the videos used to autoplay, and the same thing with the songs. And sometimes you'd have the song, which was like the automatic song, which would load when you loaded the page up. Sure. But the first video would also play with audio. Um, So you'd have a song playing and you'd have a stammered video also playing. And, uh, you know, I remember looking down, um, you know, some friends' pages on that and thinking this could be better design because, remember, you could also do your own background and also Absolutely. No, all you, this you, other you,
0: stuff. You could tear into all yeah, of the but if HTML you were But if you were
1: looking to date based upon MySpace, I mean, you really needed an unlimited Internet collection. You know, I mean, it was just, oh, my goodness. I mean, you, you look at, I don't know, something like, tinder or you know match.com or you know plenty of fish it's like you can scroll through and just swipe 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 and i think that's the difference i mean now you look at the first photo and you're like swipe 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 or if you're just like really desperate everything goes to the yes 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 but on my sure. space, i mean it was like doing an fbi investigation on somebody because by the time you could see the fourth photo of somebody you'd spent an hour And you'd listen to, like, nine songs you didn't like. Um, I think Facebook finally unified the thing that you had to accept somebody as a friend before you could kind of see each other, what was going on. It's like, I'm going to get a look in your basement, you're going to look in my basement. But people still had so much selection over... What they chose to give out about themselves, which I think is the whole thing about social media. It's still just, you really don't know who you're talking to, who you're seeing. I mean, you, uh, I've got friends on social media. I look at their profiles and I'm like,
0: yeah, this isn't really kind of you. Right. And, and one thing that we've talked about with social media before, and especially in the digital age that we're in now, We've talked before about cameras, used to no one had a camera with them, maybe you had a friend that for some weird reason had a camera with them, and so they would take a picture of you at a party, they would take a picture of you at a graduation event, they would take a picture at you at some kind of life event because they knew something was going to happen. Now we have cameras constantly in our pocket, kind of along the lines of the calculator always in our pocket, right? And so it's very easy now to take pictures of everything going on. And we've even went to the point to where if there's nothing going on that somebody wants to take a picture of me, I will take a picture of myself. And and now we've called it a selfie. And we go ahead and take a picture of ourselves at a certain thing. Maybe we're by ourselves. Maybe we're in some vacation type uh, situation where I'm sitting on a beach and I want you to see that I'm sitting on this beach. But the one thing I don't think anyone was ready for social media is we can present a different version of ourself We can only show you what the positive is. And we don't take any of the negative out. I'm only going to show you what makes me happy. I'm only going to show my family smiling at a family vacation. I'm only going to show you my dinner out that I went to once a month. And here's a picture of the food that I'm eating. Because this is my once a month that I go out. And then as you look at me... You say, look at the dinner this guy's having. Look at this vacation that this guy's having. This guy has got it great. And everything's framed right because we have that phone in our pocket. And we can take a hundred pictures until that picture looks right. We can take different angles of everything. We can actually ask a waiter, hey, take a picture of me eating here at this fancy restaurant even though I don't normally go here, and now I can project myself as something I'm really not. Do you think, um, well, actually,
1: uh, I think one of the downfalls of Western civilization, and I've been trying to look for the through the Old Testament for something which alludes to it, I think is the selfie stick. Uh, I think there's certain stereotypes which come with today's social media that, you know, originally it, it used to be good, you know, when you see the beach pictures of everybody trying to jump in the air and they took that photo or, um, you know, the, you know, not no sexism intended, but almost every female's picture of being on the beach is a picture of their legs and then the beach in the background and the sea. Whereas with men, there is no equivalent. It's like, I've gone to
0: the beach. Uh, Well, let's be honest. The last thing that you want to see on my social media page is a picture of my hairy legs laying on a beach. I disagree. I I think most people would like to see my legs on the beach. In fact, I think...
1: If I was sitting in my own backyard, I think people would want to say that. But anyway, point being, I think there's become stereotypes in social media now that, um, you know, because people follow so many people, it's hard now to kind of trigger recognition. Before, it used to be, you know, oh, anything. It's like your friend's posting anything. It's like, oh, I've gone to the dentist. Oh, I'm sitting in the car and it's raining at a stoplight. You know, I think everything used to trigger a reaction it'd be like 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 now it's like oh yeah i've just got in a car wreck and this guy's lost an arm but yeah it's not interesting um I-, I think it's becoming harder and harder just to get people's attention and maybe social media has reached this limit where the shock value of you literally being able to post anything live or otherwise it's like just nothing surprising anymore and this is why i think tiktok you know instagram reels came in it's like okay impress me in 10 seconds impress me in 15 seconds because you know i go i go through my facebook reel and there's a you know i've got friends and family obviously on there and i go through it and you know they might be uh, streaming live having their appendix taken out but i'm like yeah i don't care about that You know, maybe I'll come back, like, or do the whatever care emoji, the new emoji is. But I I don't know now what it takes to impress somebody to get their intention, you know?
0: I think what goes on with that now is the category of the influencer. There are so many people that really want to get into that category of being an influencer. So they look at the influencers and say, what are they doing They're doing the TikTok dances, they're, as a female, they're posing in a bikini, they're posing in sexy outfits, that gets the likes. There was a news story about how a woman stabbed her boyfriend because he did not like her picture within 10 minutes. I've heard similar stories, not as horrible as that one even from my own daughter, who was upset because her boyfriend did not like her picture on Instagram, because that is this persona that we're trying to get out. You liked it, but you didn't love it. Well, and and now (laughs) it, it went from that... Facebook created that like... You know, that, that Mm. was that thumbs up deal that said, I like this. Mm. And now we have all these different things. Oh, you, you post that. Here's my dog. I like it. I love it. Oh, I had to put the dog to sleep. Oh, well now I'm going to put the cry emoji on there. Yeah. But if. I'm, it's hard to if,
1: click the like on that
0: one. Right, but but if I'm so out of the loop on all these different emotions I'm supposed to tell you because you had to put your dog to sleep, Yeah, and I want to try to tell you that it, I hear you and and I saw this. If I click like on the fact that you put your dog to sleep, if you would have looked at that five, six years ago, that would have been okay. But now yeah. you've got to put the cry emoji. Yeah. You've yeah. got to put the sad emoji. Mm you you got to basically become a ancient Egyptian with hieroglyphics yeah. Yeah. that now we have to learn this new system of hieroglyphics. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't want to learn it. I really don't want to learn it because I, one of my favorites, and then we're going to move on from the social media topic because we're going to do an overview on this today, everybody. But... One of my favorite ones is the one that asks for prayers. Oh, So you see, hey, I I need prayers on this, or uh, asking for unspoken prayers. The emoji that everyone puts on that is not two hands praying. It's actually high-fiving. And most people do not even realize... (laughs) that it is a high five emoji it is not two hands they high five in jesus man uh, okay well you know what if they're high five in jesus more power to <laughs> them. It, it reminds me of a joke that i put on my facebook a few years ago with a picture of ewan mcgregor dressed as obi-wan yes. kenobi yes. and i said yeah. you're ashamed to put jesus <laughs> on your wall and everybody yeah shared that and I thought yeah. are you kidding yeah. me? Because it we just we look at certain things on social media and we do that. So let's move on to our next topic about and like I said, it, we're not trying to minimize any of this, but our purpose of this podcast right now is talking about things we never saw coming. We're we're going to highlight some things, and to be quite honest with you, we'll probably delve into some of these in future podcasts. So, what's our next topic of things um, we never saw coming?
1: Online dating has got to be a big one. I was uh, so single, I, I, a single, I, single at the right or the wrong time when this right, thing but, came about. But,
0: but, but I I hate to interrupt you here. And and by the way, we do not script any of this, but the online dating thing to me is fascinating and thankfully I got married long before online dating started and so I'm going to look at this as an outsider looking in so I just want everybody to know when you hear my voice about online dating I have not participated in online dating at all but I truly find it fascinating. Well um I also got married a long time
1: before online dating existed, but then I also got divorced before online dating existed. Um, I spent maybe three or four years on the online dating scene, and I say scene uh, because it's abstract, right? It's all virtual. How so? Well, because you never know which profiles are real, because I would actually go on there and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, and I know many, many people did and create fake profiles. You'd catfish, right? You'd okay. do and and just to just to mess with people. And I don't know why. I just I had too much spare time on my hands. But you'd create fake profiles. You know, whether it be a man or a woman, and you'd go on there and put, yeah, I earn two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, I'm this and this and this, and you just mess with people. And um, there was a statistic which I think came out maybe around 2005 when the first internet dating came online and it said that uh, 97% of lesbians online are men. About this
0: catfishing thing. Oh, that that makes sense because yeah. way back in the yeah. day, you you had those online chat rooms, yeah. and you thought you were talking to some woman oh, or yeah. whatever, and it was nobody some hairy, knows you're a dog old, online. That exactly. used to be the
1: anonymous quote: "Nobody yes. knows you're a dog online," and this was the thing. And so, you know, when I first started going on these uh, dating sites, you know, I had so much skepticism because I you know, like being an idiot or whatever and messed around and created fake profiles and all this stuff that, like, how do I know this person I'm talking to is real? How do I know these photos are real? You know, before you had Google reverse image search and all of that stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, she's a model. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely in here. And, yeah, no, it's a guy called Brian from Iowa. Um, You know, you really didn't know, but then... As you and I have spoken multitude of times, you know, in the old days at the origination of online dating, when people used to scan in their original Polaroids, you know, it's like, okay, this is what they look like. I mean, now that profile photo might be the best out of 2,000 photos they've taken. There is no guarantee, even though that's a photo of them. You know, um, if you would ever see that person, I mean, it's like the alignment of all... All eight planets. Sorry, Pluto. Um, you know, it's the alignment of the planets. You're never going to see that person look like that ever again. And those oh. one with just the headshots and like only from the neck up and they're looking up because they don't want to see the double chin kind of thing. You never know what that person
0: looks like. Well, and let's also not forget about the filters that are out there now. Oh, too. yes. Because it, it, it used to be that you would put filters on certain apps and now you can take a picture And you can apply certain filters and the things that used to be someone that had to have all kinds of knowledge about Photoshop or about the way photography works and things like that. You had to get a hold of somebody and make that picture look really good. Now, you have an app on your phone that you can take these pictures and like you said, you can take 2,000 of them and you can narrow it down to five of those, and then you can apply those filters and then put that out there and say, here is my dating profile picture. I've got to tell you right
1: now, if I was in the dating pool and I go out and meet a girl and she doesn't actually have rabbit ears, I'm going to be pretty disappointed.
0: Oh, yeah, or the dog nose. Yeah, the dog nose. Or some of those goofy things. What? The the one thing that getting past the pictures, the obvious deception behind the pictures is some of the descriptions that are on some of the dating sites. Because to me, the snippets that I've seen on the internet or whatever, I could fit into two categories. Category one would be everybody that says the exact same thing. I like walks on the beach. I love to go out and eat food. I love to travel. And I like to snuggle up and watch a movie. Okay, who doesn't like things like that? I don't
1: like that last bit. I don't like to
0: snuggle up and watch a movie, obviously. Well, yeah, I'm talking about the women. Right. I, I should have prefaced yeah. this. All right. I'm sorry. All right. So uh, that's the women. Then in going along the women category, so then you have category two which is the ridiculous, slutty women that just want to say whatever it is to intrigue the male mind to say, oh, I want to swipe the correct direction because, like right. I said, I've I'm, I'm yeah. never been on these apps, so I don't know if it's right or left. Whichever the correct direction is to, to connect with them, they put whatever they want on there and they come up with some kind of creative little anecdote or or whatever they play something off their name or they they say some terrible thing if it's really a dating app if it's really something that somebody is out there searching for somebody why do they put that horrible crap on there when they know when they absolutely know that there's no future in it. Um, and then... Yeah. The the second piece of this question is... They know what they're going after. But then they turn around and they ask... Why can't I find a good guy?
1: Yeah. I think... You know, women have been very quick to... Pick up on what men want. And this has been for 4,000 years. Oh, you
0: know, women are so much better at picking yeah, up yeah. what men want than and so, men are what women yeah. want. Yeah,
1: and so they post, you know, on social media or on dating apps what they know men want. And men, you know, in reverse, you know, they post what they think women want to hear. Um, but, you know, one of the things I found out very quickly about dating apps, you know, outside of the photography thing, which today would be even worse because, you know, it was over a decade ago when I went on those. um, You know, through all the filters and everything now, I think if uh, you see a filter on a photo you need to run like 100 miles in the other direction because for as many photos that you can take of yourself, if you have to choose A, a photo out of 2,000 photos you've taken and put a filter on it, this is not the person you're meeting. You know, you will not pick them out of a crowd of two people. Um, But also I think, you know, as you touched on earlier about, you know, the descriptions on dating apps, people choose uh, things like, I like food. I like eating out. I like going to the beach. I like animals. Nobody's sitting there thinking like, oh my goodness, at last I found somebody who likes to eat food. Absolutely. You know, it's just that stupid thing. It's like so predictable. And all you really have to go on is the photos, which is why I think it led to this evolution to go to uh, Tinder and Bumble and all these other swipe apps. Because in reality, when it came down to the descriptions on Match.com and all these other ones, was that like, Uh, Because everybody pretty much put the same stuff and you could basically lie that you really came down to the photos. But now you can't even trust the photos. So it may as well just be like, I want to meet somebody random.
0: Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things that I always said that would be the easy way to online date would be to go to Facebook Marketplace. And look for women who were selling wedding dresses. Right. Because you could look at those wedding dresses and you'd say, Oh, I've been divorced. I'm going to sell my wedding dress. It's a size 4. And here's the dress. Then you can look at their... Uh, Facebook profile, and you can say, "Okay, well, I know how big she was at her wedding. <laughs> I can try to figure out, you know, based off of her Facebook yeah. profile picture right now what she looks like." But it kind of goes into one of the other things that we never saw coming, which is Amazon. I mean, it. it we now have this ability to buy anything that we want online, except for. Obviously, a a very, honestly, nowadays, small handful of items. But you take something like Amazon, which started out as a bookstore online, and you think about people who are reading books. They like going to bookstores, and old Jeff Bezos probably was laughed at saying how are you going to sell books online because people like walking into bookstores they like that smell of books everybody talks about the smell of books right and now we have the ability to buy whatever we want on amazon and if you're willing to spend a little bit more money a year have it delivered sometimes within two hours and before, if we looked at it, the closest thing I can remember is being a young kid in the mid-80s and my dad totally thrilled about the Schwan's man that would come up with the truck and you could buy ice cream and certain frozen meals out of the Schwan's truck and he thought that was the greatest thing. Now you can have all of your household items, all of your electronics, all of your food, all of your everything you need from one website, and on top of that, you can actually talk to a device in your house and say, I need this. Never saw Amazon coming. What do you think uh,
1: when the first Matrix movie came out, the that- you know the attraction of it was that we were all logged into this. We were in a neural simulation. network. Yeah. We're in a simulation, but it was prophecy in a way because we all have become logged into a simulation of real life, both socially, how we do our shopping, how we live our lives, and with you know COVID and more people working from home. That you know a lot of our lives now is virtual. Uh, it's not real. I mean, it's not connected. And you know, you think of the original Matrix movie, what the message was—that it's was just you needed to break out of the matrix to realize who and what you really were and what your uh, purpose was. But we're we're being pushed more and more into that matrix existence. Whereas if, if you know somebody like Jeff bozos or Elon Musk came along with his uh, neural implants and said, hey, you know, we're going to put the internet in your mind via a chip. That, you know, a lot of people would be like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, you've got your phone in your hand already. You know, forget the mark of the beast. It's already in your hand. Right. Right. Um, If you had that chip in your brain and you became connected socially, you could order stuff, shop, everything... And that's pretty much you being in the matrix.
0: Sure, but you talk about connected. Have we actually become disconnected? And so I, I want you to think about this. Um, obviously, for those listening, you don't really know us, but you and I hardly ever talk on the telephone. We send text messages back and forth, but our text messages tend to be, hey, Are you on your way? Hey, can you stop here and grab something? Or we send some funny articles. A lot of the time it's the poop emoji. Well, yes, that's usually from you. Yeah. But you and I still look at social interaction of being one-on-one. We're sitting here right now, and obviously this isn't being videoed, We're not on a Zoom call. We're not talking over the phone. We're sitting face-to-face right now. We're actually talking in person to each other, and we've now arrived at the realization that it's okay to not socially interact anymore, to not actually be in person and do that. But how many people do you honestly
1: comfortably feel like you can sit opposite and talk one-to-one with in your life?
0: Well, I think both of us would say a lot of people.
1: Really? I, I, I honestly do. You want to talk do, to a lot but, of people one-on-one? Well, no.
0: N- now, your question was, would you be comfortable talking to them? Would I want to? Very, very few. Most of them I wouldn't. And now we're going to kind of spin back around to the social media There's a lot of people on my social media that I don't want to sit down and have a conversation like you and I are having right now, but I wouldn't mind saying, oh, okay, well, your kid's in 11th grade, and here's their first day of that, and that's great. I don't want to spend two and a half hours with you making small talk, Mm -hmm. figuring out that, but I'm okay with the fact that now I know that your kid's in the 11th grade, because... Quite frankly, I can't even remember my kids' birthdays most of the time. Yeah. And so I don't want to have to try to remember what all your kids are going through. My wife's really good with that. She always knows, oh, this person's kids are this age and they're in this grade or whatever. I'm like, I have a tough time trying to remember how old I am or what I ate for dinner last yeah, night. Yeah, I,
1: I think... Um... You know, the notifiers I see on Facebook and Instagram just reminds me their kids are alive, basically. I mean, you know, when it comes up with the, uh, oh, here's the, oh, first day of school, at eighth grade, and blah, blah, blah. I, I just I just don't care. I mean, so what? I mean, congratulations on getting through the easiest part of life, you know, in some ways. I mean, it's nice to see kids grow up who you've known for multiple years, but... Y- It comes to a point where everybody on the thread, in your Facebook thread, is posting the same stuff. And like I said, you know, it it just becomes a very normal thing that you wouldn't, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago know about. You know, unless you met that person, they pulled out a Polaroid of, you know, their kid's first day of school. You wouldn't know about that. But who cares? They're all wearing the same clothes. Just, it's just the first day of school. I don't really care. And I don't mean to be impassionate about it. But it's just one of those things where... Uh, and I'm guilty of it because I post a lot of photos of meals I make. But this is just me trying to boast I can cook, to be honest with you. Um, but I get that a lot of people are just going to scroll past it and be like, Oh, he's made another meal. I don't expect 50 likes or 100 likes and I don't in some ways know even why I do it but you know most of social media what used to
0: excite you we've now become very very numb to absolutely and so we're going to close this one out with uh one thing that I never saw coming and it kind of goes along with what you were talking about The fact that long-distance phone calls don't mean anything anymore. Nobody cares about what your phone number is. Nobody remembers what your phone number is. You plug that phone number into your phone. Nobody looks at the area code. Because going along with what you said, looking at social media, it's very easy to say, hey, my kid is now in the 11th grade or whatever. But you used to have to make long-distance phone calls if you had to talk to somebody out of county, out of state, out of whatever. Now you don't even have to look at that anymore. Now we look at phone numbers. We don't even think about the area code. We don't say, oh, I don't want to do business with you because here's your phone number and this phone number looks funny. There was an old Seinfeld episode about Elaine not wanting to... Uh, get a certain phone number because the area code was going to be 646 rather than 212. All of that has gone away and I never saw that coming. I remember when I was younger in DFW, in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, you could have a metro number which meant if somebody in Dallas called you in Tarrant County, you didn't get a long distance charge. And if you if you had that number, you were considered rich because you thought, oh, you have a metro number. That's a big deal. My kids don't even know what long distance is. They only know about international calls. So I always tell them on their cell phones, which we could do a whole episode about kids and cell phones, right? With cell phones now, they say where the call comes from if you don't have it programmed in. I said, if it comes from another country, don't answer that call because I'm not quite sure if we're going to get charged an exorbitant amount of money for that. But that's another thing I never saw coming. Well,
1: Well, you see, for you, that probably wasn't a big issue. But for me, the whole bypass and long distance was actually an issue because... Uh, I now no longer have an excuse not to call my relatives overseas. Exactly. Which, you know, before I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's going to cost me $2.95 per minute. So I can't call you. I'm just going to email you a photo of myself looking happy. But now it's like, yeah, I've got to call them. I've got to FaceTime them.
0: Or, or they're saying, Why haven't you put anything on your social media? Yeah. Why haven't you done yeah. this? Because that's all free and we can see that. And so, what's I hate, going on? I
1: really hate the whole tagging thing on Instagram, on Facebook. When it comes up, oh, you've been tagged in this photo for review, click on it, put it on your timeline, and you're like, No, I don't want to let anybody know I was there. I don't like the photo. And you kind of hit the decline button and you wait for the (laughs) aftermath of like whether you're going to get a message of like, because some people actually go ahead and they check on your timeline to see whether you've accepted the tag review. Just like we were talking about earlier about people uh, disseminating whether you like or love something. So, oh, you liked it, but you didn't love it. Because, you know, it's always easy to click the like button, but you've got to hold it down and scroll across to the love button. Oh, sure. You know, and it's uh, become this absolute uh, ostracizing of friends by people who, yeah, she never loves any of my photos.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. We have much more to talk about on things we never saw coming. Uh, We wanted to kind of cut this one short and kind of look at different things that were going on with this. So we hope you tune in to the next episode.